Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to episode 104 of Aid Thompson and other disappointments. Uh, so loads going on at the moment. I wanted to touch on uh, all of it because like, I've been, I've been doing a few uh, shows recently where I just talk shit for 45 minutes and I'm, I'm acutely aware that is a different product than I started with when I started doing uh, the solo ones. Like it started with a sort of, you know, a rundown of news stories from that week, you know, hence the title, fuck this week, you know. That was the original idea of doing the solo shows was, you know, I'd have guests on uh, uh, and interview them about life, love and the universe. And then to get a little bit more content, to be a little bit more active and get more podcast episodes out quicker. And and also to sort of fill in the blanks when um, uh, when guests were unable to make it for whatever reason, then I would do a solo show and then talk about uh, the news stories for the week. Um, uh, But then it kind of pivoted a little bit. And it looked at weird and wonderful stories in the US that I found in the depths of like the Mail Online and, you know, CBS Iowa. Um, And uh, and then I thought, you know, let's just mix it up a little bit. Then let's do some psychology or let's talk about my holiday or like, you know, a lot of people would say, well, you know, it's it's difficult to work out exactly what you're pitching out here, Aid. These are three or four very different ideas for uh, for podcasts. It it feels very muddled. But I like to think of it as... um, Variety. Uh, <laughs> you never know what you're going to get on each and every episode. Is is how I'm justifying the muddled nature of this. Um, so anyway, recently I've been doing a, a lot of episodes uh, where I do talk about um, you know my life a little bit more, uh, my family, what we're up to, the fact that we're out in Phuket at the moment for a month, which is probably why you can hear in the background crickets and occasionally you might hear a lorry drive past because. Shock horror, spoiler alert, there is no podcast studio in the complex that we're staying in, unfortunately. So I'm in, in, entirely at the behest of the uh, voice recorder on my iPhone. So uh, you will be very much treated to, as, as well as the podcast, as well as me ranting and sharing my thoughts about X, Y and Z. At free bonus content, you get the sounds of Phuket in the background. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so what are we going to talk about today, right? So recently I've been talking a little bit about, you know, Phuket and the family, my girlfriend, the end of the world, me getting very maniacal on episodes. I sometimes wonder, like, when I upload the more maniacal content, when I'm like, yeah, we're basically all fucked. Hashtag binfluencers. Uh, you know, when I get really dark on this stuff, is that the end of the road for some listeners? Are they like, well, you know, I liked it when he was ragging on Tories. I liked it when he was talking shit about, you know, having taken acid, when he was talking about that with Super Tansky, or, you know, trans rights with Davey Moo, or, you know, I liked that, I was here for that. I'm not sure I'm really here to hear about how we've only probably got about five or seven years left on the earth, uh, and how our children and grandchildren will absolutely not enjoy any of the same freedoms, or or cars, or let's not go down this route again. Um, so, I don't know, sometimes when I do that content, I think, like, have I just alienated about half of the fucking listeners? Or, you know, let's get back onto some topical stuff. Let's do something about what's happened in the news this week. So, uh, what has happened in the last couple of days? Um, right, big news came out, I think it was two days ago now. Uh, Paul Manafort, who was Trump's campaign manager in the infamous 2016 campaign, right? Cast your mind back to that. I know so much has happened. It feels like the events of 2016 sit next to the events of 2004 
in my memory, you know, like I always feel like that's a symptom of trauma. I think I've talked about this before on, on another episode. Um, but it's like your brain distancing your current self from some shit that, you know, happened relatively recently, right? So you distance it, you push it further back, further and further into the past, seemingly, in your brain. And that's why it feels like the events of 2016 happened way longer ago than than actually 2016, which is relatively recent. Um, I, I get a similar thing with parenthood. I think I've talked about that before, about how, like, you know, my son is six years old. He was born in 2016. And the memory of him being born actually feels quite recent in my brain, obviously, because it's a you know major life-changing event. But the memories that I've created in the last, what is that, six years, uh, they feel like there's enough of them that that should populate 10 years of my life. It feels like 10 years have happened in the last five or six years. It's really, anyway, let's, let's not talk about psychology on this one. Let's try and stay on topic for one goddamn episode. Um, so, where were we? Manafort, right. Uh, he's in the news because as campaign manager for Donald Trump in the 2016 election, the infamous 2016 election of Donald Trump, uh, he was campaign manager, which bizarrely, <laughs> let's, let's drill into that for a second. That means him, it was him, Paul Manafort, uh, managing the campaign. So I guess leading the campaign, strategizing. It was him that came up, I guess, or certainly signed off on leading the campaign that included the obsession with what Clinton's emails were threatening to send her to jail. You know, remember all of that? Lock her up, lock her up. Like with calling Mexican immigrants rapists and stuff, you know, riling up that base. So that was his campaign that he best case scenario signed off on and worst case scenario completely strategized so lovely guy clearly like saying saying you were trump's 2016 campaign manager must be the world's weirdest brag it really must be because technically you won right technically you were good at your job but i mean you know it's like it's like i was got you know i achieved what i set out to it's like sending your cv into itv to be an editor you know, send your CV into ITV to be an editor and then they bring you in for interview and they're like, whoa, you did the ISIS videos. And you're like, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> they're like, right, I mean, that's not good. And you're like, huh? I mean, they were excellent videos. They were slick video. Right, well, yeah, I mean, I guess I can't fault you on that. that was, you, you were good at your job. You know, that's Manafort. He did a bad thing incredibly well, by all accounts. Similar to, to Cummings, right, in the UK. Like, Cummings did that interview, I think it was with Koonsberg, Laura Koonsberg, uh, when she was still political editor of the BBC. And she brought, um, hauled him over the coals for the £350 million uh, for the NHS bus lie, all of the lies. Uh, and he responded with a smirk, infamously, right? Um, uh, so to him, it wasn't important whether what he was doing was right it wasn't important whether something was morally centered or he was doing it for the right reasons even. All that mattered to him was winning. At the end of the day, we won the referendum. Doesn't matter how we got there, we got the most votes. There's a definite parallel to be drawn there between individuals like Dominic Cummings and individuals like Paul Manafort. 
And so Manafort's in the news because yesterday, not yesterday, sorry, two days ago, he admitted that he knowingly handed non-public data to Russian intelligence in that campaign and that he knew it would help Trump's campaign. So they're handing documents, cast your mind back to 2016, and imagine him handing information, non-public information, to Russian intelligence for the purposes of getting Donald Trump elected. Now, Manafort, you may recall, was targeted and convicted for tax evasion and bank fraud. Something in the region of five to seven years he was going to be jailed for. Um, And that was part of Robert Mueller's investigation. But then he was given a fucking pardon by Donald Trump himself before he left office. So clearly, (laughs) clearly a lovely guy who doesn't stink to high heaven. You know, this is what gets me about conservatives. They're all about rules and laws. They're the party of law and order. Whether it's in the UK or the US, it's always tough jail sentences. Certainly in the US where sentencing is is frankly fucking draconian. Um, But then once one of their own gets prosecuted for bank or tax fraud, then it's like, well, I'm the fucking president. (laughs) And I say, no, you know, let him off. We're the party of law and order until we're not. Until it's one of our own. And then it's like, ah, he's not a bad guy. You know, he loves his kids. He loves his wife. Ah, let him do house arrest. That's much easier. You know? And that's before you even focus on the fact that the thing the president is pardoning him for in December 2020, when he did it, relates to the election of that exact president. So Trump knows that Manafort has helped him get elected and presumably passed this information to Russian intelligence. And then when he gets into trouble for bank and tax fraud, Trump then goes, ah, sorry, I'll sign a pardon. You're free. Off you go. Like, it's so corrupt. It's so laughably hooky. I have seen reflections of my own teeth that are less crooked than this shit. So what does this mean for Trump? Um, I don't know, man. It feels, right, it feels to me like clouds are gathering. Does it feel to you guys like that? Because I always feel like I'm, I'm too quick to count my chickens when I'm rooting for the downfall of a conservative party, any conservative party. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, like you let what you want to happen get in the way of your actual judgment of what might happen next. It's, it's kind of like, uh, what's that, um, that famous quote when people say, like, reports of my demise have been greatly exaggerated. It's like that, you know. I'm greatly exaggerating the demise of various uh, conservative parties. Like, I did it with Theresa May. Like, um, every time she was hauled in front of the 1922 committee or there was talk of a leadership challenge or, or whatever, I was like, well, this time she's finished, you know. <laughs> oh, shit, the 22 committee have hauled her over the coals and she's told them, I'll stay as long as you want me. Like, it sounds like she's done, guys. I'd be popping champagne corks and racking up lines of coke, like having my, having my very own Theresa's leaving do in my cabin, only to find out she's clung on. She's anchored in there. And then four or five more gaffes later, by that point, I'm suffering a compacted four or five layers deep hangover come down. And I just can't take this shit anymore, you know? Like, I, I just need, I just need it to be over. And I did the same thing with Johnson. You know, every, every time someone or successive people resigned or 500 council seats were lost in a single night, or it turned out he'd been busted for lying, or being investigated for misuse of public funds, etc., etc. Every time, I would be like, now, okay, I, I have a tendency to get a bit overexcited and a, you know, perhaps a bit quickly, but stand back, 
while I have some sort of explosive bipolar episode about it all over again over this, because this time I'm sure it's it's happening. Boom! You know, book the day off work, call Deliveroo to stop at co-op and grab me some carver. And again, he would hang on in there. So now, now I'm like, it feels like the clouds are gathering. You know, you've got the... You've got the January the 6th hearings, you've got, it's Biden now in the White House, it's not Trump any longer, so he doesn't have his hand on the levers of power to protect him, he can't threaten to fire people who are heads of institutions, you've got Biden in the White, in the White House, you've got high-profile Republicans calling for Trump to hang up his gloves and just live out his retirement doing conferences or hosting a shit YouTube channel or so. you know, like, I think Elon Musk uh, changed to Republican a couple of months ago. He said previously he'd voted Democrat, but now he identifies more with Republicanism, for want of a better word. Which I always think is hilarious because it's like when people are coming up, when they're struggling, when they're surrounded themselves by people, other people who are struggling, having a rough time, they're voting Democrat, they're voting liberal, they're voting Labour or Greens. And then once they become a CEO of three or four multinational billion dollar companies and they've got fucking a share portfolio worth like 30 billion or something then they're like ah, i'm gonna try this republican thing i think and elon musk is that guy you know he used to vote democrat now he's got what tesla the boring company spacex he tried to buy twitter for 45 billion or some shit now he's like yeah I'm Republican now. But also he, he said, I think Trump's time has come and gone. You know, I think he should just take a step back. I think Jordan Peterson last week also said, you know, he made a fundamental error. He, he accused the American establishment of running a fraudulent election campaign. And that was, that was a bad move for him. Now he's done. Um, so he's, there's enough people now who are saying, dude, you just need to step aside. But there's also enough people who are saying, oh, he's the hero. He's the second coming of Christ. QAnon, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know where we are. I feel like clouds are gathering, but am I letting my imagination run away with itself? A little. But now you've got Manafort openly admitting that for all the talk of Russian collusion and the Mueller investigation, you've got Manafort saying, do you know what, guys, for all the chat about there being... It being a witch hunt and the Mueller thing yielding very little and it being a bit of a dance squib. Actually, actually, I did. I did add some shit over to Russian intelligence after all. Actually, it sounds like there's quite a bit to unwrap here. You know, not that I'm hugely au fait with the Mueller report. I didn't read it, but, uh, you know, it's quite a while back now. Also, the news cycle moves very quickly and, you know, we're also fucking traumatised. It feels feels like the Mueller report took place around the same time as the last season of Lost and a fucking Matchbox 20 album <laughs> to me. That trauma effect on my brain, my memory. But Manafort has given this interview and, uh, you know, he's admitted that he's passed information to Russian intelligence, even though before he said that he hadn't. Uh, and on top of that, he says, I don't apologise. <laughs> That's that takes some fucking balls, influencers. It really does. It's like, I'll give him that. It takes some fucking balls for the guy who previously denied sharing polling data with suspected Russian agents to then come out, give an interview, admit the shit and be like, yes, I did it. But I'm not sorry about doing it or the fact that I lied about it. Go fuck yourself. Like, that's basically what appears to have happened here. <laughs> MSNBC, The Independent. They're all running this and saying that he previously denied it. 
so hopefully I'm not talking shit here. Um, oh, and the fact that he won't apologise. Uh, now, the second big news story, um, sort of developing as I'm recording this, uh, the FBI raided Trump's house in Florida. There is some contention over that word. Uh, apparently, a few news news outlets in, in the US said uh, the FBI are raiding Trump's house. And then, miraculously, they changed the wording from raided to searched. Um, and I've been getting some clapback from people. I did a TikTok about this yesterday. I got a few comments back. I, I put some tweets up. I got a few tweets back from people angry <laughs> about, it, about my take on it. Um, the one guy goes, oh, this is all deep state. This is all deep state stuff because, uh, 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 because look, look at this. Look, the media, the media called it a raid. And then the FBI said that it was a search. And then the media immediately changed their wording to search. They followed the FBI's lead. And now it's now they're running the word search. I'm like, is this the deep? This is what the deep state is to you, is it? Because when people talk to me about the deep state, I always think of like shadowy institutions and, you know, secret organizations who are really running the show behind that to me is like the deep state. If it if it fucking existed, which I don't think it does. Um, I don't think deep state really you could put something like this into the category of deep state that like what is the most probable thing that's happened here that's what i always ask myself is on the balance of probabilities what actually took place here when cbs and uh, nbc changed the wording from raid to search what do you think happened because to me i think probably what happened is cbs ran the headline uh, fbi raid trump's mar-a-lago and then i think the fbi's pr and like media team probably phoned up these news outlets and said, why are you calling it a raid? It's not a raid. We have a warrant. A warrant is something that you use to execute a search. We searched the property and we came away with a few things that we thought might be interesting that related to some blah, 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 you know. And then CBS and NBC and whoever else have gone, okay, cool, we'll change the wording, right? And the reason that they do that is because they don't want to get sued because this is America that we're talking about. Because if they continue to go like, well, it looks like a raid to us, then the FBI are going to go like, what you're doing right now is misrepresenting what we're doing. You're making us look like some sort of criminal organization. And that, I don't know, uh, diminishes or dismisses the reputation of the FBI as a valid and legitimate law enforcement organization. So we're going to fucking sue you. And then CBS, and you know, it's a lengthy lawsuit could go into tens of millions of dollars. So to avoid all of that from happening, they listen to the FBI PR and media relations guy and they go, OK, yeah, you're right. It's, it's probably just a search. Fine. That's on balance of probabilities. That is what has happened. Almost certainly. But to these motherfucking deep state MAGA hat wearing, tin foil hat guys, it's like, whoa, this is deep state, man. Something, something, what does this tell us about deep? It's like, it tells me that you need to fucking get out more. It, it tells me you need to join us back in reality, you know? To my mind, when people talk about deep state, as I say, I think shadowy institutions, secret organizations, but actually, what tends to happen invariably, and Boris Johnson has started channeling this fucking nonsense now as well. He mentioned the deep state in the Houses of Parliament about four or five weeks ago. It's fucking pathetic. I find more often than not, 
When a politician like a Boris Johnson or a Donald Trump talk about the deep state, what they actually mean is that machinations, mechanisms, institutions that are put there to keep us on the straight and narrow and to stop authoritarians from doing authoritarian shit, they step in and they frustrate and they stop people like Trump and Johnson from doing some stupid shit. But saying deep state just sounds cooler than, oh, this department stepped in and stopped me doing something really fucking dumb. <laughs> so, they, so they market it to their base as the deep state. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, um, as I say, I got a lot of clap back yesterday for doing, uh, for doing a TikTok about this stuff. And I don't often respond to the comments that I get in, in TikTok. It feels like, I don't know, it feels bullish if I quote comments and make videos about them. And I know other people do it and that's fine. I like personally, I feel like I put my thought out. You will comment underneath it. If you want to, I might reply back to the comments. Sometimes I don't. Um, other people make entire video, every one of their videos is them responding to a comment on the previous video. And that's fine. I personally, I'd rather make my thing, put it out. You share your thoughts about it. And then the next day I make a video about something brand new. That's what I like to do. Um, but I got a couple of comments back yesterday. One of them was like, oh yeah, that's it. Target Trump. But what about Hunter's laptop? What about... Hunter's dodgy deals aid. You're so biased. Where's the balance? Why are you so biased, you fucking shill? You know, like, it's so, like, like, let's just examine this for a moment, shall we? And then we're going to get back to Trump. I promise. Number one, right, I am not the BBC. I don't owe anyone any balance. Let's just be really, really clear about that. If you want balance, go buy some fucking scales. You're not going to get it here. I am a conduit for my own prejudices. Happily so. If I want to make a video laughing at Trump's misfortunes, brought about entirely by his own fuckery, uh, you know, stealing official presidential documents is, is the root of that raid. Oh, sorry, search uh, yesterday. Fucking idiot. If I want to make a video laughing about that or examining it, I'll do it. Thanks. Uh, number two, it's always when I do a video about Trump that the balance fans come out with bashing symbols. I don't know. Is it like it's weird, isn't it? Like someone else commented this first yesterday in response to this guy. But it is a great point. So I will now channel it and present it as though it's my own. Uh, but this, this guy's point was like, um, he was like, do these same accounts go on the pro-Trump accounts? And go, whoa, what about his tax returns? Huh? You know, what about all the racism? It's like, a, it's a safe bet that they don't. So they're not balanced fans. They are crying Trumpsters. They just don't like it when they hear someone saying, lol, Trump's fucked. Look at him fucking clown. You know, so it's like, then the easiest, laziest way that they can think of to try to dismantle what I or, you know, anyone else are saying is to go, oh, it, well, it doesn't matter. It's biased. And it's so transparent. D-list celebrities could wear it to a premiere. It is laughable. Basically, like the crux of the comment that this guy who responded to the other dude was saying, he was like, if these guys only ever complain about balance when I'm talking about Trump and they're not commenting on Republican accounts and MAGA accounts demanding balance from them, 
then it's projection. You know, like, so, so then it's like, well, who is really being biased here? You know? Number three, if I think of a fun angle about Hunter Biden, about his laptop, about, you know, whatever, his crack addiction, or former crack addiction, whatever it is, then I probably will make a video about it, you know? But last time the Magalot lost their shit about him, I spent a day looking into it, and the whole thing was quite clearly bullshit, you know? Now, it doesn't mean that it stayed that. Maybe there's some new developments. Maybe Hunter Biden is a drug-addled, shady deals motherfucker, right? Fuck it. He probably is, but I don't know that right now. All I know is that there's some ruling expected about him and, and that he's Joe Biden's kid and... You know, but, like, honestly, if you want a video attacking Hunter Biden, either get him as elected uh, as president, uh, so he's fair game for scrutiny in the same vein, on the same tier as Donald Trump, or make the video yourself. This is the thing. It's like, how come I never see any content that's attacking Hunter Biden? Well, because you haven't made any. <laughs> Off you fucking go. Don't let us hold you back. The world needs to hear your story. Because if it's the choice for me, right, out of laughing at former President Trump, who wants to gain power again, by the way, with all his nonsense, his racism, his lying, his living off credit while claiming to be a billionaire, threatening Stormy Daniels, lying about vote tampering, or a guy that's not the president. I don't know, like, I'm going to go for Trump because there is no comparison. One is not the president, one was a former president and is trying to gain power again, and in my opinion, behaved abysmally when he was president. So I'm going to scrutinize that guy, right? Number four, resolutely fascinated, as always, by people who want to waste their time in my comments rather than scrutinize people in positions of power and influence, which sort of goes back to my last point, right? I, I waste my time, if you like, making videos scrutinising and appraising people who are in positions of power, who could change things for the better, but appear to want to do precisely the opposite. Now, if you spend your time in my comments section and, 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 and you know, appraise me rather than appraising the people who could actually change things in society and make things better for you and your family and so on. I don't know. It's like, like you see this from the far left and right through to the far right. Like, I get Labour types appraising me, asking me for apologies. Like, you better apologise for that video you made, Aid. Like, asking me to apologise for, like, sarcastic, humorist content. Like, I'm supposed to hold a press conference for some exaggerated sarcastic shit I recorded in my cabin one hungover afternoon to amuse myself. You know, like I'm going to pull up a, a mic and a podium, like, guys, uh, I've been thinking this through and I've reflected and, uh, you know, I don't think this content sits within the Labour Party code of conduct and I I fell short, man. I will do better. Like, first off, no, because <laughs> I am not a representative of Labour. I'm not even signed up to the party, right? Second, why the fuck are you wasting your time chasing apologies from humorists instead of people in actual positions of power and influence? Like, you think it's going to be an easier mark, you know? It's too hard to pull Tories or Republicans or, like, around the round table or, you know... Like to, to, to get them to apologise and to make changes in their circle and their portfolio of policies 
it's much easier to just go up to a comedian or a humorist or someone and go like, you better apologize because you said something I don't like. I don't give a fuck. Switch me off, unfollow, block me. Now back to the point at hand. <laughs> I promised myself I wasn't going to get uh, go off on a rant or get uh, get sidetracked, go off on tangents here. But anyway, so the Guardian is saying that Trump has compared this raid, not raid slash search, to Watergate. Trump has compared it to Watergate, which is hilarious. You know, I mean, like it is sort of comparable to Watergate, but not in the way that he's pretending. I think like Watergate was the name of the hotel, right? And they broke in and a journalist got hold of the tapes where the president, uh, Nixon, in this instance, was found to have been conspiring, covering up, obstructing justice. And and ultimately, he was forced to resign because he broke the fucking law and tanked the reputation of the presidency. Like the whole thing was legit, a proper scandal, a total sinkhole of political standards and decency in Washington. And now... Trump's getting raided slash not raided slash searched. And I guess he's pretending like what the FBI breaking into his shitty resort with its golden golf carts and draft pumps that, I don't know, look like porn star tits or whatever. You know, he's pretending that somehow like agents breaking into into that is like the Watergate Hotel, which is, you know, objectively not. I mean, as I say, comparable in some senses in the way that, you know, a shamed Republican president ejected from power is sort of, I don't know, shaking his rattle because he doesn't want the rules to apply to him. That sort of thing. But other than that, I, I don't know. Trump comparing it to Watergate is so unintentionally hilarious, though. It's like the one reference point you'd think he wouldn't want brought up, <laughs> you know? would be the other biggest scandalous, like, shamed Republican president of the modern era, right? Like, you'd think he'd have an advisor following him around 19 hours a day, and whenever he's near a microphone or a TV camera or about to say something, anything, like the junior aide just leans in like, no, Nixon, remember, like, what, whatever you're about to say, don't mention Nixon. <laughs> like, keep Nixon out of your fucking mouth. Like, imagine some weird, creepy, new R&B singer coming up. You know, imagine this new R&B singer is flamboyant, a little bit out there, a bit weird. And then in interviews, he's like, you know, some people call me the new Michael Jackson. Like his agent leans in like, oh my God, like how many fucking times do I have to tell you to stop saying that? Like, I feel like that's Trump with Nixon. Just keep Nixon's name out your fucking mouth. Like, just this clumsy fucking idiot handing the ammunition to his adversaries. This is, this is like Nixon. Yeah, it kind of is actually. Oh shit. Why did I say that? Of course, there are uh, reactions and hot takes to this, uh, to this search of Mar-a-Lago. Um, I saw Lewis Goodall has retweeted Marco Rubio. Um, here's his thoughts, right? Bear in mind, this is an ex-president getting searched by the FBI the day after his former campaign manager appears to have admitted colluding with Russian intelligence after having denied it. Right. And then this is a senior Republican figure, a senator, uh, Marco Rubio. He says, the FBI isn't doing anything about the groups vandalizing Catholic churches. 
but they find time to raid Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> like, take that in for a second. A senator, senior Republican senator. The FBI isn't doing anything about the groups vandalizing Catholic churches, but they can find time to raid Mar-a-Lago. Like, this is, this is a senator for Florida where the thing is happening. He's a conservative. Let's put that out there as well, right? So conservative, so he's all about law and order, and here he is publicly lambasting, nay, ridiculing the FBI for, for carrying out a search that they'd presumably be unable to do unless they had a, like their warrant signed off by a judge or a panel of judges, right? So it's very much within the realm of law and order. And it's bad enough that it's this simplistic, you know, well, how come you can investigate uh, this, but you don't have the resources to investigate that, you know? Like, how come you can fix how come you can't uh, arrest and prosecute these vandals who, who are vandalizing Catholic churches? How come you can't do shit about that, but you can find time to raid Mar-a-Lago, you know? Which, I've done this before. You know, I know it's tempting to look at, you know, I don't know, like, um, you know, police guarding a statue in Parliament Square and go, how come you got the resources to do that, but rapists get off scot-free? But the thing is, like... Clearly, certainly in the Met, these are very different teams. They're different departments with different responsibilities and different levels of training, right? Like, we, we understood that at one time, I think. Like, if you got molested by your dad, you wouldn't necessarily want the transport police turning up. I don't know if they would have the right level of care and training to handle that situation in all of its delicacy. The public order guys who are experts in kettling aren't necessarily best equipped to come comfort you after your boss chased you around a desk and told you to stop being such a prick tease if you want to be considered for senior consultant, right? Like, you, you get the idea. Different teams, different departments, different responsibilities. But Rubio's, like, burst fire hydrant of nonsense just takes it a step further. He's like, hey, FBI, how come you can't do anything about groups vandalizing churches? Because who fucking vandalizes churches? Kids. Fucking idiots. Idiots vandalize churches. I vandalized a bunch of cars when I was 17. I did that. Let's get that out there before the podcast really takes off and I get lambasted by, you know, the Daily Express, Daily Mail, liberal podcast host who champions LGBT rights and wants to solve institutional racism, has secret shame history of vandalizing cars and taking drugs. Yes, those those things have happened. Let's get that out there. But who vandalizes churches? Kids do, right? When I vandalized the cars, it didn't take the National Crime Agency to investigate it and crack the case. There was no, like, multi-state or multi-county investigation with lead investigators calling in their updates to some, you know, damaged alcoholic senior detective at Central with a whiteboard and markers drawing connections between me and the other key players. You know, the other crime family dons from this vandalising operation. Do you, know, do you know what actually happened when we vandalised those cars? Someone phoned the police, we all got arrested, and we all got cautions. <laughs> that, was the, that was the end of it. We vandalised some shit, cops came, we got arrested, I spent a night in a cell, and then I had to pay damages. That was the end of it. And I'm very sorry that that happened. It did happen, but that was the start and end of it. 
Marco Rubio is like, the FBI can't find time to stop people vandalizing church. No, because it's not their fucking job. You burned. <laughs> but this guy's a lawyer, by the way. A senator and a lawyer. And a senior Republican. Like, am I, more importantly, the American voters? Are we supposed to sit here and gobble up his tweet? Like, oh, yeah, he's right. <laughs> or, or he's not right, but I'm sure it's a genuine mistake. Like, this is an intelligent very qualified, well-briefed individual in his own state where this is, is taking place. I don't know we're supposed to dial down the division and name-calling these days. And on the left, we're supposed to be, you know, better about that stuff. But I'm not going to. I'm just going to say it. I think on the balance of probabilities, it's less likely that there's some partisan tactic going on in the Bureau. And I think it's less likely that he's confused about how law enforcement is allocated in his own state. And significantly, I think it's more likely that he just doesn't like Emperor Trump being raided. And he's hoping his followers are dumb enough to lap this misinformation up. And he's probably right. (laughs) I think think half of the US still think Biden won illegitimately. Half. Or is it just like half of Republicans? Honestly, I can't remember now. I'm not sure that it matters. You know, I I think when you're dealing with literally tens of millions of radicalized people in one country who are completely convinced, just like completely shit faced on the Kool-Aid, that there was some level of voter fraud going on. And that's why Trump lost. When it's in the tens of millions, I don't think you need to err on the side of caution any longer. I think at that point you can say you guys have an idiocy problem, an idiocy epidemic. You need to work out some fucking weird jab trial to solve that shit. I don't know. Rubio, by the way, interestingly, went tit for tat with Trump in 2016. Uh, Cast your mind back, right? When Trump was going for the Republican nomination, Rubio called him a con man and said he was trying to hijack the Republican Party. So what a weird fucking journey he's been on. To have gone from, like, accurately appraising him and warning voters, like, you know, criticising Trump for being everything that we now know him to be, you know, a liar, uh, a guy who lives off credit, a guy who appears to have inflated the value of his assets to get more loans from Deutsche Bank. And, and now, now Rubio is doing what exactly? Disparaging law enforcement for doing their job because... I mean, I've, I don't know why. Like, is this is this the same weird careerist shit that we get in the UK? You know, like when you see people like Nadine Dorries or Fabrican or whoever, you know, slavishly defend Johnson and they dismiss the committee investigation into whether Johnson knowingly lied to Parliament as an abuse of power or a kangaroo court or they say that the court's rigged or, you know, with no care as to how it impacts trust in Parliament going forward, so long as they get a cushy job out of it, you know? Is, is it actually just the same as people like Rubio? I guess, I guess Tom Tugendar is probably a better example. He was the only centre-right realist in that leadership race, to my mind, right? And he rightfully scrutinised the others, and he positioned himself as the candidate for a clean start. Do you remember that? He's like, what we need is a clean start in the Conservative Party. Um, 
And I listened to his, his slot on LBC and, and his responses to questions. And I came away thinking, yeah, you know, I feel like if it had to be a Tory, I would rather it was someone like this guy. Like, he seems to get the issues. You know, we, he seems to understand that we have this sort of cavalcade of, of other cretins, of boosterism, of just vapidity. He seems to at least be vaguely acquainted with reality. I would ra- if it had to be a Tory in charge, I would rather it was someone like him than this. Like, oh, the rest of them seem to be obsessed with wokeness over things like the cost of living. They seem to be obsessed with statues and poppies and, and de-radicalising people who talk down about Britain rather than the cost of petrol and repairing the health service, you know? Anyway, I thought he was the one that was vaguely acquainted with reality, only for him to then drop out and then endorse trust. I'm like, oh my God, are, then, are there none of you that have a principle between you? Fuck me with my dad's dick. This is laughable. Like, anyway, back to Trump. So, final thought on this from me. Um, I thought I'd focus on the history that Trump has had with the FBI. Because, like, do you remember uh, that, the guy James Comey? That was his name. So he was director of the FBI when Trump assumed office in 2016. And I remember hearing about uh, how he had this awkward dinner with Trump right at the beginning of their, their relationship, uh, where the Donald, as he's called, right, was trying to sound him out, check if he was loyal. Trump seems to have a pretty big thing about loyalty. It's quite funny. It's like, you know, I mean, who's not for loyalty, obviously? But if someone makes loyalty a cornerstone of their first meeting with you, and you're the director of the FBI, and they're prioritising whether you're loyal to them above all else. You know, like the, the reddest of red flags should be waving and flapping in your ears at that point. You know, if, if, if Trump is sat opposite you, you're director of the FBI, and the first shit that comes out of his mouth is like, I just need to know you'll be 100% loyal to me. You're like, well, uh, you're sort of the boss, so I'll, I'll work for you and I'll run the shit as best I can, but, and be loyal to me. Seriously, that's more important than anything. <laughs> like, you should be worried at that point. More important than solving crimes and putting away drug dealers and child traffickers and, yeah, me, loyalty, 100%. Right, right. You know, like, fascism dashboard should be blinking red. Beep, beep, you know. And Comey, to be fair to him, Comey wasn't having him. And I think I'm getting the broad timelines of this right, but I'm happy to be corrected. I think then when he started looking into the Russia collusion stuff, Trump fucking fired him. Do you remember that? Huge news story that time. Trump's like, Trump fires director of FBI, you know, because, like, why? Was it was he bad at his job? He didn't seem to be bad at his job before. Uh, was it because of he was actually looking into things that Trump didn't want him to look into and he would rather that there was a sort of, you know, a stooge heading up the FBI? I don't know. You draw your own conclusions. But Trump did fire him. So that's Donald Trump's first round with the FBI. And then he installs a new guy to the post, this guy called Chris Ray. And you would think that this guy would be loyal, right? But, but no, it turns out Trump's babyish tantrum and nine-year-old bully mentality, his short-term mindset, You know, and we see this with Tories in the UK. You know, they don't think further than, you know, one week or two weeks ahead. They don't stop to think how something could come back and bite them in the arse in six months or a year. And the precedence that they're setting when they behave atrociously 
how they're opening the floodgates to future opposition. Uh, you know, if Labour get in in six months or a year's time, they now have carte blanche to break any rule that the Tories broke when they were in power. There's never any long-term mindset to any of this. It's always, if you're a Boris Johnson or a Donald Trump, you just want your way or the highway today and fuck the consequences. Because they're like nine-year-olds, right? Arrested development sociopaths. And so in this nine-year-old bully mentality, this short-term mindset, he was asked who he wants to head up the FBI. And, you know, this guy, you know, Chris Ray was put forward and... As I say, you would think he would be a sort of a bit of a stooge, but no. He's just like, yeah, just give the job to him. I just want Comey out. Don't you, don't you want to question his loyalty first? No, just get rid of Comey. That's, the, what, that's my goal right now. Fuck whatever happens in a year or two years. Like, so Ray, Chris Ray comes in, and now it's him that signed off on this raid, not raid, search. <laughs> and it's fucking beautiful. Like, I don't want to sound... I don't want to sound like a mean-spirited asshole with a dark, cold, mean heart. But when I read that it was Trump's own appointed FBI director that signed off on the raid, both of my balls came simultaneously. And, you know, don't fucking judge me for that. The heart wants what it wants. Uh, guys, if you've enjoyed this podcast or other podcasts, please do consider jumping onto the Patreon where I post all of them first. Uh, they all go on there uh, two days ahead of Spotify and Apple Podcasts, which means that if it's topical content like this, where we're talking about the Trump raid uh, or Manafort's uh, admission, uh, it means it's out there, it's super topical, it's current, um, as opposed to then waiting two days for it to completely fall out of uh, the topical sphere. Um, the, there are three tiers on Patreon. The first one is a dirt cheap, I think, 350 a month, which is just enough to buy me a coffee and a doff of the cap and say thanks for the content and so on. Um, the second one is a £5 tier, uh, which gets you to into the certified aid Thompsoner realm. God forgive me. I had to call it something. Uh, you know, people call them, call their their subscribers different no, I, I, don't, I don't know I was tired guys uh, so that's a fiver a month and that gets you an invite to exclusive events the first of which is taking place in October um, lots of people do meet and greets or live Q&A's that didn't really feel right for me so I'm just going to do a meet up piss up with the first 10 Patreons and we've reached that number now uh, in record time I say record time because it's literally the first time I've done something like this. So this is the record. This, <laughs> I've, I've beaten the record only in so far as the record was previously zero. Um, so that event is in October. The first 10 will come to that. And, and look, anyone that signs up for Patreon um, in from now until the event is also very welcome too. Uh, and we'll just do a meetup slash piss up where we will meet up in a bar in London and talk shit about Tories realistically. So, uh, and then there's a third tier, which is 10 pounds a month, which look, nobody needs to jump on that. It's utterly ridiculous. Uh, you have to do three tiers though. So I did a 10 pound one as well, but don't worry about that. Um, three pounds or five pounds is amazing. And uh, I will thank you endlessly for it. 
further to that, thank you so much to you guys who have jumped on the Patreon so far. I can't believe that we've got to 10 this quickly. I'm super, super grateful. Um, everything that you do helps this podcast to continue. Uh, I haven't touched any of the uh, contributions that have gone in yet. They're just sitting in an account, and I'm going to use that to continue to invest in the podcast and in the technology so that hopefully here's a, here's a fucking Patreon goal for you. Hopefully at some stage in the future, I won't be recording <laughs> episodes into my phone while walking around a fucking car park while hotel staff look on like, why the fuck is that guy swearing and ranting at himself like a lunatic? Um, anyway, that's it from me for now. Uh, there will be more guested uh, shows coming up soon. Hopefully, I'm just waiting for a confirmation from one guest out here in Phuket. Uh, and I'll probably do a solo show next week also. So thanks once again to everyone for listening. Uh, if you're not in a position to uh, contribute to Patreon, don't worry. All the shows are still going on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and so on. Uh, they'll always be free for you to catch up on. That's fine. Um, all I would ask is that if you are enjoying the, the shows... If you've listened to sort of one, two or three of them and you're like, I like this. I like this guy. This is this is for me. Uh, maybe share it about. Just copy a link. Go on to Funk-27, which is my website where I host all of these things. Um, go on to funk-27.co.uk and all 100 episodes or 104 we're on, right, um, are on there. And you could just copy a link and send it to your mate and just go, I listen to this guy. He's a bit of a nutter. He rants and he interviews people. It's about politics and dystopia and depression and psychology. But it sounds like your thing. Here you go. That's all I would ask is if you if you are enjoying it and you're not in a position to uh, jump on the Patreon, maybe share me around like the cheap slag that I am. Uh, thanks once again. I'm really going to go now. All the best. Catch up with you all soon. Cheers. Bye.